What cause had he for that? It was neither his inclination nor his duty. The man who holds that office is supposed to stand above the fray to work outside the world. What did he think he was playing at? You must ask him when you see him. Until that time, we who are left must shift to survive as we can. We always thought him an uneasy choice. Who is to follow? A pause. Shay. Shay? Do you offer me an opinion or a decision? I offer you a fact. Shay is in possession of the field. He has the experience. He is reassuming control of the organization. He fulfills the office. Mortimer Shay is a living chaos. Shay is misrule. Shay is mayhem. Shay is blood. These are not settled or normal times. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Eutoxeter's main street was slick with mud, dragged on a thousand boots and softened and smeared over the ground by the rain that still fell steady. In the middle of the street, face to another of the sky's grim clouds and cloak gusting and whipping around him, James, Duke of Hamilton, stood silent and defeated. In front of him, watching uneasily and trying to maintain his composure, was a roundhead trumpeter, the most junior of soldiers, the most humiliating of conquerors. This, then, was the final illumination of the character of the men who had beaten and hunted him. This shaming was more ruthless than anything inflicted in the fields around Preston. The old world and the old ways were to be dismantled and trodden into the dust. The storm battered and soaked the two men, the duke and the soldier, facing each other in the mud and unable to speak, watched by a thousand empty eyes in windows and gutters. The things I have suffered for Charles Stuart. Sir, these are the news from Colchester, this day the 27th of August. The town is very like to fall tomorrow, so this may be my last dispatch to you. If you have not already, please now consider this knot of the net broke. The besiegers cut our water three weeks past, fresh food, as I told you, is long become fable, and I doubt that there remains one solitary dog, horse, etc., living, and if it does so, it must be the miserablest scrawny beast, and still sold for a king's ransom." We are become, all of us, from Lord Norwich down to the lowliest, miserable, scrawny beasts, and I fear we would fetch no price, nor may we avail that king no ransom of hope or support. Lord Norwich and the aristocrats, and Sir Charles Lucas and the soldiers, are agreed that the routing of the Scotch army at Preston, which I learned privily four days past, and which Sir Thomas Fairfax in the besieging lines around was blithe to let us know one day later with much cannonado of celebration and sending of kites into our walls, renders our endurance futile. There is none to come to our aid, and none to whom we might provide aid. 
For weeks past we have convinced the people of this town and the soldiers among them to endure the worst privations that ever civilized Christians saw, such that all that inhabit this place be nothing but maggot-fed ghosts and skeletons, and the extremity of their suffering, and this with much sickness and outrage from our foes, leaving them in their spirits closer to beasts than human souls. Now even the smallest child, if it yet draw breath, knows of the rout of his grace at Preston, and no longer will they accept any entreaty to logic or to honour to undergo one further minute of privation, nor in truth dare we offer such entreaty. For sake of duty to Christian mercy we are obliged to end the great sufferings of these honest people, not the least of which have been our ever more desperate and brutalised soldiers who have not scrupled to use violence and fire to secure for themselves what little sustenance there may be, and offer ourselves to the hands of our besiegers and the will of God.